Welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Join us for the third part of this eight-part series of the history of Vinesong. We're doing this to give glory to God so that we can, we can all see what God has been doing over 40 years of ministry. Join us as we see Giles Stevens, one of our directors and a great evangelist who is interviewing John about his life in America, how he became a part of Andre Crouch Ministries as a vice president there spiritually, and going from there to being one of the founding pastors of the Vineyard Movement, starting a church in LA. We see how God just moved through his life all the time, every step of the way, training him and fashioning him to become the leader of an international ministry in its own right one day. Stay tuned. you got to know the well-known gospel singer of the time, Andre Crouch, uh, and uh, he invited you across to California. Help us understand how that all happened. Oh, before I left Amsterdam, I got a phone call mm. to say that Andre Crouch had been in Durban at the, our church in Durban, South mm. Africa, and they'd said to him, you must try and spend a day with John. Mm. And so his manager called me and said, Andre Crouch would love to spend the day with you. Mm. And so Andre and I had the whole day together. He ate with us that evening. And then Andre said to me, if you come to America, please come and see me. There's so many things that happened in Amsterdam. So eventually I got to my sister and then I got a phone call from Andre and he said, I need you to come to California. And I said... Andre, I can't. Uh, my sister's birthday and I need to be here. I got pressure from his management and I said, I'll tell you what. He said, we want to pay. And I said, no, I will pay 
when I can come. Apparently, he's never had anyone who would do that. Right. They all wanted the air ticket. Yeah. And that was the only money I had, but I didn't tell him that. Mm. And I eventually went to California. Andre picked me up from the station and he uh, from the airport. He never did that because he's always at the airport. So you can't drag him there mm. at all. And he drove me around and, with, and within 24 hours he was saying, can you stand be a part of my ministry? Wow. Okay. And I said, I can't, Andre. I mean, you know, I have to do what I, God wants me to do. And I wrote to my father. And a friend of mine in Canada I'd known for years, he said, please come and see us before you leave the continent. Mm. And I couldn't say to him I didn't have money. Mm. And the uh, the travel agent called me and said, we have a prepaid ticket for Mr. John Watson to come to Calgary. Mm. So I went. And I thought, well, that'd be a good place to wait while I wait for my father's reply mm. as to whether I could stay mm. and work with Andre. And so the letter came and my father said, it was the will of God. He said, we, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we war against evil principalities in high places. Mm. Just be very careful. Okay. And so it was great. I said to Andre, I'm coming back. He said, you're coming home. And the word home felt so good. And I was the only person flying out that day because the Calgary Stampede was on and everyone was flying into Calgary and the airport, at the airport, I was the only one getting on the plane to fly back to L.A. Okay. And they said, are you sure you know what you're doing? Because we've never seen this. And uh, But I couldn't wait to get back. And then I realized, you know, how careful I had to be because I was living in a mansion from a missionary in, in Holland. I now had this fantastic living situation with my own seawater aquarium, as many channels as I wanted on my own TV, and a lovely lemon-colored carpet, and a lovely place. And I had the water so warm in the swimming pool, the steam would go up at night. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, you know, I realized what a what a thing this was because Andre was known by millions of people and uh, everyone wanted to be in his back pocket. And uh, here I was, God had chosen me to be in his ministry and I became the vice president of Crouch Ministries. And uh, I remember in South Africa once, Andre Crutch's uh, albums were lying on a carpet. And these friends of mine said, what is it like to really serve the Lord? And I said, well, he'll give you what your heart desires. And I said, for example, if it was my desire to be with Andre Crouch, uh, God would arrange it. And one day in Andre's living room, on the carpet were the same albums, and I looked down like that, and the Lord said, remember? Mm. 
here you are. Mm. Mm. And there was a big kawaii grand piano. And I waited for Andre one day. After I'd been there quite a long time, I'd waited for Andre to go on the road on tour. And I sat down at the piano and wanted to worship for myself. And so I played the piano. And I looked up and I realized Andre was in the doorway watching me. And he was angry. And he said, why didn't you tell me you could play? And I said, Andre, if you compare my playing to yours, I would say I don't know how to play at all. Because he was phenomenal, you know. Mm. But he was very angry. He said, uh, you know, you should have told me because, you, you know, God's given you a gift. You know, many of the people were not were quite aggressive mm. behind Andre's back. But in front of him, everyone was good as gold. Mm. So I told Andre who I could trust and who I couldn't mm. because the ones that were with, nice to me, whether Andre was there or not. Mm. And so I had many, many situations when Stevie Wonder used to come to the house mm. and uh, play the piano with Andre. Wow. And, uh, the Winans. Mm. Andre didn't tell me he'd gone out of town and there was a knock at the door. And all the Winan brothers were standing on the doorstep. They'd just driven all the way from Chicago. Wow. And they were dead tired. And I invited them in and I got Andre on the phone. He said, oh, I forgot to tell you. Put some of them in a hotel and keep some there. Mm. And, uh, and they asked me if they could use the studio at the house to prepare so they could play for Andre when he came into town. And they were so nervous, they were practicing like crazy. Then they asked me to come and tell them what I thought. And uh, never thinking, you know, that they would be eventually become quite famous, mm. the whole Island clan. Mm. And uh, many situations, what put me off music was going to bed at night. There would be visitors all trying to vie for Andre's attention. Mm. Female singers doing voice licks, tambourine players trying to outsmart Sandra Crouch. It was all under my room. <laughs> mm. It was like I was playing in my bedroom. Mm. So I got tired of this constant showing off in music. Mm. Because, I mean, it, it's a very interesting thing. In, in some senses, using the natural mind, you were living the American dream. You'd come out of South Africa, inner city London sort of environment. Now you are there in L.A. It's the dream happening. And, you know, walking with one of the most well-known Christian ministers in the world at the time. And yet, as you say now, there was something inside of you saying, this isn't quite right for me. Help us understand how you, you decided to make that decision. Andre's house was just crammed with visitors all the time. And Andre said, part of the reason why I need you is, can you straighten this all out? Mm. So Andre's manager, who I'm still very friendly with, he said to me, why don't you start a Bible study in the living room? And anyone who wants to be in Andre's life 
must come through your Bible study. Mm. Immediately, everyone stopped coming. Right, cleaned up. <laughs> and uh, it's just fascinating how most of them didn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. Mm. And so I had a handful of people in the living room and uh, I made sure they were born again and baptized them in the swimming pool. <laughs> and it grew and I had to move from the living room to the studio on the side of the house. And that grew so big that Henri became afraid that the police would uh, get us into trouble because the cars were parked all the way down the road. Mm-hmm. And one day, Andre's manager, David Del Sesto, passed me between the kitchen and the studio and he stopped. He said, you're going to have your own ministry one day. He said, yes, I believe God has said so. It was prophetic, but my flesh recoiled. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. Couldn't look at him. Mm, mm. The horror that he had said, I would have my own ministry. Mm, mm. I couldn't get into that. And so um, I moved the Bible study from the studio Mm. to Hollywood Boulevard. Mm. And I had to search for a hall. Mm. And that's when I learned about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I took one of the brothers with me. We prayed. Then I said, okay, I'm going to try this out. So I said, drive down Santa Monica Boulevard. And I'm going to say, stop the car. So he said, why? I said, i got a feeling. The Holy Spirit said, stop here. So I walked into a, a law firm and there was a reception area and I said to the lady, do you know if there's a hall anywhere near here? She said, yes, but you can't come through this entrance. You have to go around the other side. I said, pardon? She said, there's a big hall here. I said, can we rent it? She said, well, not from tonight. (laughs) And it was amazing. There was a hall to rent right there. Wow. And uh, I tried that again when one of Andre's dogs got lost. Mm. And I tried the leading of the Holy Spirit again. I prayed and we went and we drove. And eventually I saw two people and I explained the dog. And... uh, they told me they'd seen a little boy with a string around his neck. It was an expensive dog, so I had to find it. And they pointed to the house. And I knocked at the door and I said, give me my dog, please. Mm. And yes, they had it. So that was, for me, very interesting. And my Bible study became very, very important for mm. people. It was a time of testimony, a little bit of teaching and worship. Mm. And people came from all over and different denominations. And we called it Sunday PM. Andre named it Mm. Sunday PM. And my team, who's who? They had their own TV shows. They're very, very important people. The reason why they came to my Bible study was they wouldn't get hassled by people with their, to listen to their demos and stuff, you know. Mm, mm. They had uh, uh, protection. Mm. And I went to the vineyard 
church which had started right. by Ken Gullickson. And uh, you know that singer, that very famous singer, he had a ministry uh, and he talked about uh, the desert going, uh, Keith Green. Keith Green, yeah, yeah. And the same time as him. Mm. And uh, it was a very special time. Mm. And there were five pastors mm. on staff. I had asked Ken to see if my outreach had become a church. And he came and he sat all night shaking his head saying yes. Right. So he said, I said, can you put it out of Andre under the vineyard umbrella? He said, then you'll have to come on staff. Mm. So I said, okay, I can do that three days a week. And that's when he ordained me in the vineyard. And at our staff meeting, he said, there's a man called John Wimber that's been kicked out from Calvary Chapel for moving in signs and wonders. He said, should we invite him to be a part of the vineyard? So I said, yes, we all did. We agreed. So they held a conference up the coast of California. We booked out a whole motel. And John Wimber put his arms through mine. We walked down to the gate with Ken. And he said, any car that drives in here has driven across America to be here is a potential church wanting to join the vineyard because they're all Calvary chapels and they feel very disenfranchised by the, the big boss at Calvary Chapel. And it was an amazing weekend and uh, so all those people were going to become the first vineyards. Wow, wow. And it was the start of a denomination, mm. although John Wimber denied it. That was the reason, but basically he couldn't prevent it. Mm. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so John and Ken asked me if I would leave and become, plant the first church outside of America right. in Norway. So we sent a team ahead of me, and I said, on one condition, I could go back and see my parents in Africa, as I hadn't seen them. Mm. And John said, well, also, can you stop in London? Ken and I and our team, we're going to hold a workshop on the Holy Spirit with Holy Trinity Brompton. Right. In the next episode of Friday PM... So Charlene, who's in today's team, uh, her mother and her mother's sister were cabaret artists and uh, they'd got born again. And Pam, the one sister, went to YWAM. And Pam came out to this little church, Indian church with her guitar and another friend. And we started praying together and leading worship of course, people came up to me. I'd play a game with God, and they'd say, you know, you're anointed. And I go, anointed? People didn't use that phrase very much in those mm, days. Mm. And I'd say, if another three people say it, I'll believe it, or another five. And they all were doing it. <laughs> <laughs>